0: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, 1 Corinthians 14, and the title today is Spiritual Gifts in the Local Church. So, Spiritual Gifts in the Local Church. Once again, I don't know maybe what your environment was when you were growing up. Maybe you've never even really heard about spiritual gifts. Maybe you've seen them abused in a bad way, or maybe you've seen them used in a healthy way. Well, we're going to dig into this today and just let God's Word speak on what it looks like to use speaking in tongues, prophecy, and all of this in a local church setting. So we'll get into that in just a moment. And yes, controversy is about to happen. (laughs) Before we do that, as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, leave us a five-star review on the podcast. Exactly. And also, go to the Facebook group. Bible breakdown discussion, and let us know how you are interacting with God's Word. And the more we dig, the more we find. And today is one of those. And so if you got your Bible, want to open them up with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I was talking with someone about spiritual gifts the other day, and they were just talking about how it's not that they have anything bad about spiritual gifts. It's just two things that kind of frighten them a little bit. One of them is they just simply never heard about spiritual gifts as a kid. They, just, they, they skip right over this chapter. And then the second one is uh, YouTube. <laughs> they, they've seen the crazy stuff on YouTube. And I say, well, both of those are unfortunate. Because the reality is, we were talking about in chapter 12, you know, the Apostle Paul is trying to bring harmony to a church that's divided. And the idea of all of this is, man, God wants us to minister to one another. That the gift, as we said in chapter 12, the gift is the Holy Spirit. And that when we have our eyes on God and he's getting the glory, then it is a wonderful gift that he gives us, uses through us the gifts of the Spirit so that we can properly minister to one another. Because here's the thing, I can't heal you. I can't give you a word of wisdom. I can't give you a word of knowledge. I can't give you a prophecy. I can't speak in an unknown language, but he can, the Holy Spirit can. And so then when he speaks through me, now I can be helpful toward you. And then what I love about this is he says, okay, so then chapter 12, there's a whole bunch of empowerments, gifts that when the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, he can now use. And then he's going to show us in today's chapter how to go about doing that in a healthy way in a church service. But what I love is right in between what the gifts are and how to use them is a chapter on love that you always do these things, the gifts through love, into the church. So I say that again, 12, 13, and 14. 12 is the gifts, 13 is love, 14 is the local church. So the gifts should always be done through love, the character of Christ, into the local church. And so let's look at this and see what these parameters are like, which, by the way, is really important. Because I know some people who say, well, if you're operating in the gifts of the Spirit, you shouldn't have just order and stuff. You should just go with it. Well, Paul would disagree with you that it's actually in order that there's freedom, because we all know what the parameters are. And so he's given them some rules for the road so that they can operate in the gifts of the Spirit as they're empowered for the local ministry. So here you go. You ready? Verse one says this, let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. But one who uh, prophesies strengthens others and encourages them and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So once again, what he's saying is, is and, he's, and there's all these other gifts, but these are the two that are the most mysterious then, and they're honestly still mysterious now. Speaking in tongues is a heavenly language. There's, there's two different kinds of tongues. There is one that's other languages. And then there's a heavenly language. But the problem with that is, is if you don't speak that other language, As you're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And if you don't speak a heavenly language, you don't understand. It's confusing. You ever went to a foreign country and everybody's speaking a language that you don't know? It's confusing. As a matter of fact, it's intimidating. You don't know what's going on. Well, that's what Paul is saying is that's fine if you want to speak in tongues. But in the local church assembly, it's so much better to prophesy because when you prophesy, we get it. (laughs) We understand. We know what's going on. That's why he's saying speaking in tongues is great, but that empowers you. Prophecy is for everybody. Verse five he says, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more I wish that you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. I heard someone say it like this one time that speaking in tongues plus interpretation equals prophecy. Now what they mean by that is is just like prophecy it encourages the whole church because you're able to understand it, that's what happens when you speak in tongues and then someone interprets what is being said. Now you think about what a wonderful gift that is because if someone is speaking in a heavenly language, then the Holy Spirit gives somebody else the ability to understand what is being said. Then the entire church is able to be encouraged, just like prophesying. Verse 6, dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation of some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that would be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like a flute or a harp must play the notes clearly so someone will recognize the melody. And if, I, if, if the burglar doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know that they're being called to, uh, the bugler? <laughs> Let me try that again. If the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, how will the soldiers know they're being called to battle? It's the same for you. If you speak to people in words they don't understand, then how will they know what you're saying? You might as well be talking to empty space. There are many different languages in the world, and every language has meaning. But if I don't understand a language, I will be a foreigner to someone who speaks it, and the one who speaks it will be a foreigner to me. The same is true for you. Since you are so eager to have these special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. Now, pause again. What he's saying is, is it doesn't make sense that if you were in church that you would go around speaking in tongues all the time because the church service is not just for you. Now, when you're at home and you're by yourself and you're doing all this kind of stuff, of course. But when you're in the local assembly, especially if you're taking part in ministry, it is very unhelpful to me if you're speaking in tongues and trying to minister to me. That's why a lot of times on stage, you, know, you won't see people at our church who are speaking in tongues. Because the idea is when we're on that stage, we're not not encouraging ourselves, we're encouraging others. And it's not going to help you if I'm speaking in tongues the whole time. Now, if there is a word of prophecy, of course, because that's encouraging the body. And so that's what he's saying is, is he's saying, like, when you're with the body, make sure you're encouraging others. Verse 13. So anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray for the ability to interpret what he has said. For I pray in tongues... If I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. Well then, what should I do? I will pray in the spirit, but I will also pray in words I understand. I will sing in the spirit, but I will also sing in words I understand. Because remember, it's all about edifying one another. For if I praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you're saying? you will be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. But in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words to help others than 10,000 words in an unknown language. Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies. And when it comes to be innocent of babies when it comes to evil, but mature and understanding matters of this kind. Now, the reason why that's important is because when I have told people that according to God's word, that in a public setting, when you are the one in charge of the service, now, if you're, if you're standing in a congregation and you're praying in the spirit, that's one thing. Okay, that's fine. But if you're in a position of authority, you know, if you're there and you are leading Unless you are also praying for someone to give an interpretation, you shouldn't be speaking in tongues because that's what the Bible says. (laughs) The Bible, Paul just said, I would rather speak five words in a known tongue than 10,000 in an unknown tongue because it's not helpful. It's not encouraging the people. Now, if you're going to speak in tongues in that setting, in charge of everybody else, then you need to pray for an interpretation. But if there's not an interpretation there, you don't need to speak in tongues because it's not about you; it's about encouraging everybody else. And that's why Paul is saying, "Don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding this." He's saying, "Absolutely, we need to have the gifts of the Spirit. Why wouldn't you want the empowerment of the Holy Spirit?" But you got to make sure you remember who you're edifying in the public worship setting. You're edifying one another, which is why it's better to do prophecy than speaking in tongues, unless you also have an interpreter there. Verse 21, it is written in the scriptures. I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners. but, But even then, they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So when you're speaking in tongues... so. You see that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, benefits believers, not unbelievers. Even so. If unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come to your church meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you're crazy. And I've been in those church services. (laughs) But if all of you are prophesying and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come to your meeting, they will be convicted of sin and be judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring God truly is here among you. So let me pause one more time. There's just a lot here. I have heard people, when he's saying that the speaking in tongues is for the unbeliever in that public setting, I have heard people who have said that they would be in a church setting and they would begin to, to speak in an unknown language. And then when they would speak in the unknown language, somebody would come up to them and say, how did you know? What, what, what do you mean? You're, you're speaking in my native language oh, I had no idea. I've heard of these miracles. that's happened. I talked to a guy just the other day who said that he was listening to, he didn't believe in the gifts of the spirit at all. And he was in a church service and there was this person who uh, had a thick accent, but at the same time they were just praising God. And he was like, that's awesome. I wonder where that accent comes from. Well, after church, he was driving home with his wife and his wife was like, do you know what, what that person was doing? It's like, yeah, he's just praising God. And and his wife was like, what do you, what do you mean praising God? Well, I mean, he had a thick accent, but he was just saying that God was good and God was real and God loves us and all this. And she was like, babe, he wasn't speaking English. Yeah, he was. No, he wasn't. And what was happening was, is he was praying in the spirit. And as he was praying in the spirit, God interpreted that to this young man. And he said, I can't not believe in the gifts of the spirit because I heard him say great things about God. And now I have to believe. So the speaking in other languages is primarily for unbelievers in the public setting. But Paul is also saying that when you prophesy, it benefits the believer and the unbeliever because they're able to understand what God's word is saying, even if they don't understand the the unknown tongue. So that's why he says, be innocent as babes when it comes to evil, but be mature when it comes to the gifts of the spirit. Here we go. Verse 26. Let's finish this up. Well, Brothers and sisters, let me summarize. In other words, he's realizing there's a lot of pieces to this. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach. Another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said. But everything is to be done to strengthen all of you. No more than two or three will speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time. And someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. In other words, that the gifts of the Spirit are subject to our control. And if there's not someone there that that you know has the gift of interpretation, be quiet. Verse 29, two or three people prophesy and let others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all prophecy will have a turn to speak. All who prophesy have a turn to speak one after the other so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. So someone tells you, I just can't help it. I've just got to. No, no, that's not true. Verse 33, for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace as in all meetings of God's holy people. Women, you got to be silent during the church meetings. It is not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive, just as the law says. If they have any questions, they should ask their husbands at home, for it is improper for women to speak in church meetings. We're going to finish talking about that. Or do you think God's word originated with you, Corinthians? Are you the only ones to whom it was given? If you claim to be a prophet or think you are spiritual, you should recognize what I am saying is a command from the Lord. But if you do not recognize this, you yourselves will not be recognized. So, my dear brothers and sisters, you eager, be eager to prophesy and don't forbid speaking in tongues, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. Notice how we just had that massive bomb dropped on us right there at the end of that chapter. But first, let me say this. He says, don't forbid speaking in tongues and prophesying. Just make sure it's done decently and in order. Now, when it comes to verse 34 and 35, he says, Women should be silent during the church meetings. It is not proper for them to speak. Now, some people think that means that women cannot use any of the gifts of the Spirit. That women cannot take part in the service. Well, that can't be possible because in chapter 11, chapter 12, Paul is actually instructing them on what to do when they prophesy. You remember that? How it said, he said, "When you prophesy, make sure your head is covered, because we're not we're not paganistic, you know, temple prostitutes. So it can't mean that they can't prophesy, and it can't mean they can't take part in it. Let's go into culture and see what happened. That about that time, there was a place in Scripture where Paul actually says here, there. He says if they have questions, they should ask their husbands at home. In the culture of the time, now don't get mad at me. It's just culture. Women were not educated like men were." men were educated and it was considered a waste of time to educate women well paul actually said something very very profound and very very empowering for women that you missed because he said if they have questions ask their husbands so that he actually put husbands in charge in the church of educating their wives they weren't supposed to do this but paul is saying now that they're in the family of god yes They're not ready. They don't know all these things. So let them be quiet now, but let them learn from their husbands at home. So Paul is not prohibiting women from being part of the public worship, and he's not saying they can't prophesy. He's saying in these public forums, they need to be quiet so they can learn and grow from their husbands at home. So rather than saying they don't have value, he's actually giving them amazing value when it comes to it, because in the world at the time, they were not educated. They wouldn't know what to do. And so Paul is saying, while you were learning and while you were growing, learn from your husbands at home. So what do we do with all this? It seems a shame to me that we would attempt to try to do ministry with one another without the Holy Spirit's guidance, without him using us to make a difference. So remember, the gift is not the gift. The gift is the Holy Spirit. And then he uses us in these gifts to make a difference. Therefore, speaking in tongues, prophesying all these things, they become second nature, not nature, but second importance to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is in charge and the Holy Spirit is using us, then it doesn't really matter if we speak in tongues. It doesn't really matter if we prophesy. It doesn't matter if if there's healings or miracles. All those things are wonderful, but all those things are his business. We just say, God, use me as you will. And then if you want someone to prophesy, then let's do it. If you want someone to speak in tongues with an interpretation, let's do it. But it should always be done, not for me, but for we. Remember, the whole thing started with make sure it's in the right direction. And that's it. point it up toward God and to benefit one another. So as we said in chapter 12, we're going to do it again in chapter 14. And that is this. Don't take my word for it. Read God's word for yourself and then pray this prayer. God, if it's real, do it to me. If you want me to have these gifts, Holy Spirit, use me. And then watch what God does. And I can't wait to see how God completely wrecks your life in the best possible way like he has mine. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, that your word is deep. And it is wide. It is vast. It is amazing. Lord, in your word, there are riches that we just don't have time to together right now to dive into. God, some of these these scriptures, they bring up old wounds from weird people doing weird things. God, I pray that we will not hold you responsible for the things that others have done. But Lord, I pray that you, as that perfect gentleman that you are, you'll speak to every heart. You'll change every life. You'll bring healing where there needs to be healing because, God, you want to use us to make a difference in the lives of others. And to do that, We have to allow ourselves to be empowered by you, Holy Spirit. So I pray you will do that in us, and Lord, you will use us, and you'll have your way in our life because you, Holy Spirit, are the gift, and we celebrate you today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Man, that was a good one. That was a long one. I probably created as much questions as I did answers, so this is what I want you to do. I don't normally say this, but I want you to go to the Bible Breakdown discussion and give us all of the questions that you've got. I'm talking about all of them. Don't leave any of them out. Give us every single question. We may not have the answers, but we'll find them together. Because, man, the more we dig, the more we find. Why would we not want the Holy Spirit to empower us to make a difference? I can't make a difference by myself. I can barely do me, (laughs) much less do we. But with his empowerment, we can. And that's it for today. So let's read the scripture together. You ready? 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. Of God. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for chapter 15.